year four is when we got contacted by by Shark Tank, and and really what had happened as as the the slow yeses were happening. What we came to the realization was that no one was going to go out and market our product to the homeowners. Like I could go out and, and show the window manufacturers that this is the greatest thing in the world. It doesn't get damaged as easy. Our remake rate is like 0.03%. It's, it's re ridiculously low. It's, it's, wow. it's nominal. It's a, almost a rounding error. Right. So, you know, hey, it doesn't get damaged as easy. It hides in the screen pocket. You don't have to have color matching. We could, we, we could tote all of the amazing benefits to the window manufacturers. But if it didn't get to the window dealers and then didn't get to the homeowners, they didn't care. Like, hey, if the homeowner isn't demanding this, then I can't sell it to my dealers. So we were like, all right, well, how do, how, what do we do? What's the, and this was the first major shift in our company where I said, you know what? We're not going to be salesmen anymore. We're going to be marketers. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today I have a first. I have a TV star on with us today. I have Joe Altieri from Flex Screen, and you may know Joe. I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast watch Shark Tank, and Joe was on Shark Tank not once, right, but twice, got a deal with Lori. He's got an incredible product and an incredible story, and I am really excited to have you here. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much. That is quite the introduction. And, and I am, uh, I think I'm only famous in my own mind. So, but, but I appreciate well, you. Kind uh, of, well, you're kind of famous to me. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Look, the, the remodeling industry, the construction industry has very few people that end up on national TV. So if I'm the guy, so be it. Right. No, that's great. <laughs> so, hey, quick, um, quick story. So I have teenage daughters. All right. So this, is, this, is, this is great. I have two teenage daughters right after we aired. Um, about a month after we aired, we flew down. We were going to our we we go down to Aruba every year for a you know a little vacation. We're in the Florida airport hitting our connection, and then we had these people run up and they're like, I told you he was the guy from Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> and my daughter's like, Oh my god, dad, you are so embarrassing. <laughs> so that was like my one out of state, like you know, yeah. locally, you know, I'm at the gas station, people are like, Hey Joe, what's going on? So yeah, cool. but that was my one out of state recognition. <laughs> so. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Oh yeah, the teenage daughters have to love that. Oh, I, I did a uh, I did a talk with uh, my one daughter's class, her whole class. They asked me to do like a little thing about my story, and she's like, "Oh my goodness, Dad, I can't believe you're doing that." But oh, whatever. So I can't whatever. tell if they're proud or if they're like embarrassed or they don't know. But whatever. I think when they get older, I think when they get <laughs> older, they'll appreciate it. I hope so. So, so I, I met you a few weeks ago at Tony Hody's event, and you did a presentation that I thought was just fantastic. And I came up to you afterwards and I said, you got to come on the podcast because what you did was you told us this flex screen story, which was great. But what I really loved was that you didn't have a problem going into the mindset part of your story and the business and all of the stuff that you've been through. 
So let's start with, for those that don't know your story, I mean, look, getting on TV and going on Shark Tank, everybody thinks, oh, it's this big glamorous thing. And Joe was already killing it before. But to get to where you got took a lot before. So tell us that story. Tell us how you came up with the product and how you got yourself over, you know, onto national TV and then kind of where you're, where you are now. So, you know, FlexScreen is, is a flexible window screen. And uh, I've been in the window and door industry for about 20 years. I was a manufacturer's sales rep. So I sold pieces and parts to the window manufacturers. One of the things that I sold a lot of was window screens. You know, most, most, most window screens are not produced by window manufacturers anymore. They're actually produced by large window screen companies. There's really, there's two big ones in, in, in the United States. FlexScreen is, is a distant third now at this point. But so I worked for one of them as an independent rep and my customers were really frustrated with the product. These two companies are not bad. They just have a product that's prone to damage. You know, painted aluminum is a, a throwback. You know, metal window screens with a rubber spline were invented in the early 1900s. So literally nothing has changed in over a hundred years. So I just started, it was just a, a hobby. I, I said, man, something has to be better than this. So something has to be better than a 5% reject rate. And so I set up a little workshop in my garage. Literally, I pulled my, my wife had a Yukon XL at the time, which was the only thing that fit in our garage, pulled it out and said, honey, I'm going to do this for, you know, nights and weekends. And just, yeah, you're going to lose your parking spot for a little while. Two years later, uh, so of nights and weekends, yeah, you know, I, I came out and I had this, this really rough prototype. It was made out of things that I could buy at, at Lowe's and Home Depot and Granger, you know, and I filed a, some IP. I thought I had something. I was a screen guy. I knew screens. And I'm like, man, this thing's pretty neat. I wonder if anybody else is going to be interested. But we filed some IP and I started, started showing it off to people in our industry and just said, man, what do you think about this? And, and they, they said, build it and we will come. As a matter of fact, I had about 12 of them write fantastic letters. No one was willing to give a commitment on something that had never been built before. Yeah. But they, they did as much as they could up to that point. Like, hey, this is a great product. We can't wait till it's commercialized. You know, we're, we hope that Joe considers us as one of the first, you know, first people to, to come on board. And so um, with those letters, I, I got some investors together and we put together a lot of money. It took a couple million dollars to open up the first flex screen facility and uh, got started, went out to those, you know, 12, 12 companies and said, look, you guys wrote these letters. I, I did this, you know, look, look, check, check this out. And they're like, cool. That's awesome. Who else is using it? What the, Typical. what about the home? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the window and door industry. It's, it's, right. I think the, the way that I put it is, you know, the slow. Yes. Yeah. No one said no. I still haven't had one company that's like, yeah, your, your product's terrible. We don't like it. We don't like you, whatever yeah. the case may be. I haven't had one company say no, but man, have I had a lot of slow yeses th through the years. So, you know, we have a couple million bucks wrapped up in a plant that, you know, our first year we did $400,000 in, in, in business and total, total revenue. That wasn't, certainly right. wasn't profits. That was total revenue. Yeah. And, and so it was, it was painful, you know, introducing a new product into, to any market is, is painful. The window and door market is, is a little bit, you know, again, from what I've heard based off of other industries, this is all I've really known for my professional career, but it seems to be more painful than other industries. You know, we like what we've done. We, we yeah. do things the way we've always done it. Everything from Very the marketing in their ways, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. From, from marketing down through product. You, yeah. you know what I mean? 
windows and doors are even installed very similar to what they have been for the last hundred years. There's, right. there's not a whole heck of a lot that, it, that has changed. You know what I did when I, when I got home, I went to, and I didn't do this when I saw you on the show, but I did it after Tony's event. I went home and I looked at our screens Mm-hmm. And they're and they're rigid for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about. So we have rigid screens that go into the thing and they're tough to maneuver. They're tough to get in and out. Yours like bend and fold. It, what yep. is that material? Because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, how the hell did you make this happen? What is that material? <laughs> so, so the frame material is high carbon oil tempered spring steel. So that's a really fancy way of saying it's garage door spring material. So again, go out and look at your garage door springs. They're really big. You know, our material is the same thing, just a really, really, really small form factor. It's, it's really small. And then we coat it with vinyl. We coat it with PVC. So exactly the same stuff that's on a vinyl window. So that's that frame material that, that we use. And, and again, our, my first prototype was made out of, and the first working prototype was made out of an electrician's fish tape. If you've ever, you ever seen one, you know, where they fish the wires through the wall. Yeah. So that's actually the, the first working prototype. I was, I was going through like fiberglass, all these different materials, trying to find something. I, I wasn't trying to do a flexible window screen. I was just trying to come up with a screen that wouldn't get damaged as easy as, as regular oh, screens. Oh, so it was never, the idea was never to come up with a flexible screen. It just so happened it turned out that way. Yes, it just, it just happened to be oh, cool. one of those benefits. Yeah. Oh, so, how cool. Yeah. So, you know, that, uh, that electrician's fish tape was, is, it's made out of spring steel and that's, I used, you know, double face tape and electrician's fish tape is the first prototype that I could actually show off to our patent attorney and say, Hey, this is what the way this thing works. It's ugly, yeah. <laughs> but this is the way it works. But yeah, that's what, that's what that is. It's, it's spring steel. And like I said, it's really, really small compared to your, you know, right. three, three yeah, quarters yeah, to an inch thin. wide. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you can't even see it in the window. Yeah. Which, which is another nice benefit of it yeah so first year in business so you 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 got investors two million bucks put a facility together i would imagine at this point you left your job and you yep. went full-time into flex screen four hundred thousand your first year how long before you got into shark tank because i know you did a few million dollars or you were up to a few million dollars in revenue by the time you got there right yeah so year four is when we got contacted by by Shark Tank and and really what had happened as as the the slow yeses were happening what we came to the realization was that no one was going to go out and market our product to the homeowners like i could go out and, and show the window manufacturers that this is the greatest thing in the world it doesn't get damaged as easy our remake rate is like 0.03% it's it's re- ridiculously low it's it's, wow. it's nominal it's a, almost yeah. a rounding error right so you know, hey, it doesn't get damaged as easy. It hides in the screen pocket. You don't have to have color matching. We could, we, we could tote all of the amazing benefits to the window manufacturers. But if it didn't get to the window dealers and then didn't get to the homeowners, they didn't care. Like, hey, if the homeowner isn't demanding this, then I can't sell it to my dealers. So we were like, all right, well, how do, how, what do we do? What's the, and this was the first major shift in our company where I said, you know what? We're not going to be salesmen anymore. We're going to be marketers. And so- we started doing social media marketing. I didn't have $15 million to go and, and do 30 seconds on a Super Bowl ad. It's like, hey, this is flex screen. So I'm yeah. like, okay, what can we do? I had a young guy who, who was in video school at the time. We had some iPhones and I had a black curtain. 
And, and that's, we started doing some just crazy videos, me yeah. pounding our screen with a hammer while pounding a regular one, throwing them off of the roof, dragging behind ATVs. Oh, cool. I didn't know about that part. Yeah, we, we, we did all of this, like, and, and again, it's just me acting silly in front of yeah. the camera going, Hey, look, I, I don't care. And I had, it's so funny, our industry, again, so such a mature, weird industry. I had customers and even my sales reps going, you're making a fool of yourself. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like if something doesn't change, this company is shutting down. Like I yeah. can, you know, I had to go back to my investors for more money. We diluted, you know, all of those types of, and, and investors only want to do that for so long. You know, it's, right. it's, you're, you're kind of like playing at, at the blackjack table. You know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, you know, you only play for so long trying to make up your losses. And then eventually you're like, I got to get up from the table, you know? Yeah. So, so this is like a little act of desperation. And I'm, I'm a fun guy anyway. I'm, my team might not tell you that, but I, but I just like having some fun. So that change, that shift that we made got the attention of, of the producers at Shark Tank. And it had also led to us going from $400,000 in, in you know, year one to five, five to $6 million in, in the beginning, you know, halfway through year four. So you know, we were on a pretty big growth trajectory. That's nice growth. Yeah, we were, were, you, were you profitable at that point? Yes. I mean, again, top line profitable, but we're, we're sinking money back in. You, you know okay. what I mean? So, so again, profitable is we weren't, nobody was pocketing anything, but we were at least covering our costs and, you were and having money to, right, yeah, you were, you money were, to invest back into the, into the okay. company. Yeah. So, you know, I could take a paycheck, which is great. You know, I could get, I could get rid of my, years. Yeah. <laughs> I could get rid of my, my, my truck that I put 250,000 miles on in the first year. I could get another one, you know, that, so yes, we were, we, we were in good financial shape, but yeah, I mean the, the shark tank, and this is, this is really rare, but the shark tank producers actually found us and asked us to be on the show. So typically you go to a cattle call or you send in an application, you know, it's just like American Idol, you, you know, you go wait in line and you do you know, you have a minute in front of the producers to impress them to get to the next stage. They asked us to be on the show. So we, we jumped forward like six months of the process. Like we yeah. skipped all that. Well, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my assumption on that is because they saw how you are on video and they thought, oh, hey, this guy's got some entertainment factor, right? Exactly. So all that so what what did your people say that you're making a fool out of yourself? The mm -hmm. making a fool out of yourself is probably what got you noticed. It, it is. I that shift that we made back then, I 100% attributed to our current success. Like it yeah. would not have happened if we kept selling. If we kept trying to sell, and there's nothing wrong with we. I still have sales guys. Sales is I'm a sales guy. I love yeah. selling. But if I wouldn't have become a marketer then we would not, I think we would have been out of business just to be and honest. If you with don't, you. Yeah. And if you don't mind me throwing something into here for the listeners, one of the things we talk about here a lot is one of the reasons why companies aren't as successful as they can be is because they're unwilling to break out of what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. When you look like everybody else, when you sound like everybody else, then, and you go to the prospect when you go to the consumer you know what do they have to compare you against you sound like everybody else and you and, and you you're offering the same product as everybody else what are they going to look at they're going to look at your price right and they're going to discount you because of your price whereas when you stand out from the crowd when you stand out from everybody else and you do things different 
some good stuff starts to happen. So I'm sorry, I just, I had to throw that in there. So they call you, that you yeah, get I just, invited to the show. Yeah, can, can I, uh, just on that subject, yeah. a book that I read, and, and I know that your book is fantastic and we're, we're going to talk about that, but there's a book called Different is, oh man, it's, it's not called Different. Yeah, the, oh, the, the yeah. quote is Different is Better than Better. It's uh, Fascinate. The, the, the Fascinate. book is called Fascinate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I read that book and I read it over again and over again because that's where we were. You know, I was out trying to do what other screen companies did. And w- even though my product was completely different. Yeah. And, and so I just said, forget that. I'm, right. I'm going to be me, you know, right. or I'm going to be a version of me that is so much because I could be that sales guy. I can put a suit on and I can comb my hair nice. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a black T-shirt, black baseball hat, tattoo showing crazy fun no other company in our in our industry is doing this right i mean I'm, I'm going to top three top five window manufacturers these are the big guys right i'm wearing a baseball cap to, right. to the meetings and i'm giving them baseball caps I'm like put your hat on like come on yeah. I, I brought these all the way out here for you and if nothing else i'm getting remembered let's pause here for a quick break in today's world getting a five-star review on google from every single one of your customers is critical. This is something that G4 Marketing Group helps hundreds of home improvement and home services companies with every day. So we put together a free five-star customer experience checklist to help you ensure every one of your customers are getting an experience that will turn them into raving fans. You can get your copy of the customer experience checklist today. Just go to g4marketing.com forward slash C-E-X. The checklist will walk you through 30 points in your customer journey that you can improve today. That way, you'll be able to turn today's customers into tomorrow's leads, sales, and profits. Just go to g4marketing.com forward slash C-E-X. That's G-F-O-U-R marketing.com forward slash C-E-X to get your copy of the checklist today. Then, when you're ready to automate your relationship marketing so that your customers grow your business for you, just give G4 Marketing a call at 305-856-8788 and we'll give you a free demo to show you how your future business profits are hiding in today's customers. Now let's get back to the episode. They invite me out and... Again, we, we fast forward a little bit. You still have to do a lot of things. You know, you still have to sure. they still have do due diligence. They want to make sure you're a valid company. You still have to sign the 65-page contract that you can't change in any way. Which our, our attorneys were like, yeah, we wouldn't sign this, but but you will. Right. <laughs> that, was kind yeah. of the, that was like the, like, you know. Yeah, I'm going to get so, in front of millions and millions of people. And yeah. And so, you know, through this process, though, you, you know, there's a, there's a lot of considerations when you go on the Shark Tank you have to prepare for the very real possibility that you're going to go on and be embarrassed. Shark Tank is a TV show. It's they, they don't, the producers, the show doesn't care if you make a deal or not. They don't care if your company is successful afterwards. They care that they're getting ratings. Right. And, and that's not, that's what, that, that's their job. That's what they that's their, do. But that's their business, right? That's their business. I don't fault them for that. Yeah. And even the producers. So I have a producing team that was assigned to me. I would meet with them every, every week. And one of the questions I asked them, like, you know, cause they, they handle you, you know, like, Hey, you're doing a great job. You know, like, you know, don't worry about, you know, but uh, I said, when you guys, when you guys have somebody that's very obviously just going to screw up when they get on, like, how do you guys treat them? They're like, look, 
we treat them exactly the same. We never want to limit somebody's potential that they have for going on the show. So if they go on and they're prepared and they do their thing, that's fantastic. But they go on and they embarrass themselves because they're not prepared. That's good for us too. Like we're, but we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to limit that their opportunity. So, but anyway, yeah. So they, they, they invite us out. They invite me out and my, my wife and I go out and, and uh, one of the things, again, a little behind the scenes, they bring everybody out that's shooting for that week. So they, they shoot the entire season of Shark Tank over four weeks, two weeks in the summer, two weeks in the fall. Oh, and so okay. I was out there in the first week, so in June, and they shoot, for, they, they shoot from, they bring people out on Sunday, they shoot Tuesday through Saturday, and then they bring another, they bring another group out on Sunday and they do the same thing. So there's a lot of people out there all on this, this Sunday. We, we all meet together on Monday. And they do, you know, the meetings, the producers are, are there, the lawyers, everybody that has anything to do with the show, they all do their little presentations of, hey, this is how this is going to work. Then they're like, okay, surprise, we're going to bring all of your props out and everybody that's, that works for the show is sitting in this room right now. You have to do your pitch in front of them. And some of you will not make it past this phase. Some of you will get cut today oh, wow. um, before, before going in front of the sharks. And so- Everybody does their pitch. You line up like you have, I have my displays and I'm standing in line and I'm waiting for the next person, the next person. And so I, I did my pitch and the producers afterwards are like, oh, you did a great job. Good job. You know, I'm, I'm like, any notes are like, no, you, you project well. Yeah, I, I speak in public. So I, I project well, all that stuff. They're like, you did a good job. So they're like, go home, you know, have, have dinner with your wife, do whatever. And, and we'll see you on Thursday. So I'm, I'm supposed to, I was scheduled to shoot on Thursday afternoon. So that night, again, the, the head producer, the, the executive producer says, look, some of you will get a call tonight and you're just going to be going home. And so about 830 that night, my wife and I are just finishing up dinner and I get a phone call and it's, I see it's the, the producer's number, like my producer's number. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm going home. Like, oh, my wife's like, it's all right. You, you know, at least you got this far. Like literally I haven't even answered the phone yet. We're already yeah. like consoling ourselves. So the, the producer was like, Hey Joe, what's going on? I got some good news for you. I'm like, look, if this is that, like, Hey, I know you were nervous. Good news. You don't have to go and, and right. film, you know, like, I'm like, I'm going to reach to this phone, <laughs> you know, like, and he's like, no, listen, he goes, you're actually going to be, we're moving you up from moving you up. To, to, to tomorrow morning. So again, this is Monday night, like tomorrow morning, the car will be there at 6am at your hotel to pick you up. And uh, he was like, and it's really good news. I'll tell you why later. I'm like, Oh my goodness. First of all, now I'm like, should I be nervous, excited, disappointed? You, you, know, you have all these like crazy emotions because I, 10 seconds ago, I thought I was going home. Now yeah. I'm shooting tomorrow morning. And I lost two days, like two days where I'm like, I could mentally prepare. You know, we were meeting friends to go to the beach on Wednesday, you know, like that, that, that kind of stuff. So they, uh, they pick me up, uh, you know, the next morning. So 6 a.m., right? Pick me up. They put you into a trailer and, and you, you know, they have like cart service, you know, the food service and stuff like that. And so you're, you're which if you're, of course, you're way too nervous to even consider eating anything. Right, right. Like I'll go out there. I'll be the first person to throw up on Mr. Wonderful. Like, I, like, I don't want any coffee. I'm already jittery. Yeah. So I get out to, you know, they, they bring, they bring us in. Right. So one of the things about Shark Tank is it's, it's filmed in a huge soundstage, which is in just an enormous warehouse. Uh, and it's actually the same soundstage as the Wizard of, Wizard of Oz was shot. Just oh, a fun no fact. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, they told us that. Was, I'm like, that's yeah. cool. But it's, it's enormous. It's one of the biggest warehouses I've ever been in. And in the middle of it is the Shark Tank. And 
there's all of the all of the support people are all around it you know big booths and all that stuff and there's this little area off to the side that has curtains around it which is where you go when you're on deck so they brought the first people in and me in at the same time right and so my producers are like hey listen you remember when we said that this is a good thing they're like literally they're whispering as like the other people are getting ready they're like what we what what we found is that we need to give the sharks something because they're, they're, they're real people. They're not actors or anything like that. Right. And he said, they get really, this is the first, first day of shooting after a long time of being off. And they're like, they're really like edgy with the first people. He said, so we take one of the bad pitches and put them first. And because that led, like, it gets all their edginess out. He said, but then we put a good pitch second, because if we put bad pitch after bad pitch after bad pitch, they get frustrated. And then literally they have to shut down shooting. So instead of doing 12 people that day, we only end up getting two or three. So we thought you had a really good chance. So we moved you up. These people, when I say that they got like destroyed, they got absolutely destroyed. And I could hear everything that was going on. So as I'm sitting there sweating, right They're you know, they're, they're like touching up my makeup and putting the, the, the microphones on me and all this stuff. And all I can hear is the sharks beating the snot out of the company that went in front of them. It was, and I, I shared this at the, at the, the event that, yeah. night. you know, Mr. Wonderful was, was saying, you know, you embarrassed your company by coming on here. You better hope that this segment doesn't air. How can you come on here and not know your numbers? Have you not watched the show? I mean, he was just, he tore into them. And uh, Mark Cuban said that uh, one of the companies that he had invested in owned IP that he was very confident they, that they were, that they were violating yeah. and that his next call, as soon as they were done, was going to be to his attorneys to, to, you know, to send them a cease and desist. It, it I mean, went it about was, as bad as it could go. It was, it was the worst one that I've ever experienced. And I'm there <laughs> did, on did that, deck. Did that make it to, to on air? The, the company did, but they took out a lot of that, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, and in aren't fairness, you there for like 45 minutes, but they cut it down to like four or five minutes. I was in that. So that's what they tell you. So again, yeah. in that meeting, they're like, Hey, 20 minutes if it's a bad pitch about 40, 45 minutes. If it's a good one, I was in there for two hours and 37 minutes. So I have really? the, yeah, I have the second largest, the second longest pitch in shark tank history as, as far as the time that I spent in front of the, in front of the sharks. So a lot of that had to do with we were a more mature company, yeah. you know, our financials were a little bit more difficult for them to understand. So, and, and the sharks do care. Like they legitimately want to make good deals yeah. with good companies. So they're writing stuff down. They have calculators out They're They're sitting there like an investment person would like a VC. If you were pitching in front of a VC, they're sitting there just like that. Yeah. And they're asking those types of questions. So, but yeah, two hours and 37 minutes. So just, uh, yeah, that that was probably the most exhausting day. I've had some really long days through this this yeah, yeah, whole, yeah. whole flex screen journey. That was yeah. probably the most exhausting I've ever had. And so, and you got to deal that time. Yeah, I got to deal with Lori Grenier. With so Lori. we had yep. Mr. Wonderful Barbara and Lori kind of battling over us, and and we we had a chance to to yeah, I jumped on board with Lori, who was very fortunate for us. We we thought that she would do the best for us, and so when she jumped in, it was almost like a man, if you get your deal even anywhere close, like she was the one that we, that we wanted to partner with. Well, what's interesting too, is I think that of all of the sharks, I think she is the most successful, maybe is not quite the right way to say it, but I think of all of the companies that she's bought into, 
I, I think she's got the biggest numbers of anybody by far. She has is that, eight. Is that yeah. true? She has eight of the top 10. She's, eight of the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. she has scrub daddy, yep. squatty potty. You know, I say this all the time. Like anybody that can take a stool to you that you use to go to the bathroom and make it a household name. Like she knows what she's doing. You know, yeah. she's a, she's a marketing and she's a retail person. She, yeah. she really is. And, and we almost immediately after we signed a deal with St. Cobain and Home Depot, you know, we're bringing, you know, our products already on homedepot.com and it's going to be in the store soon. And so, you know, even seeing her interaction with Home Depot and how, like, even the way that the displays are, are made, like, she knows what a homeowner wants to see. You know, we, we in the window industry, like, we get really, we, we know what, what we want to hear or what, you know, what makes sense to us. But she's like, a homeowner doesn't understand that. Like, no, this is even flexing a screen to her. She's like, no, homeowners bend screens. Like, you know, like it's, it's, you know, flex has a different connotation to me than it would to a person that has never experienced our product before. So again, silly little stuff like that, but she is, she's great. and, And I'm sorry, but how long ago was this? So we, we aired January of last year. So it's been a year and a half since we aired. I, I oh, filmed okay. two years ago. So June, June of 2019 is when I filmed and then we aired in January. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so now when you make the deal, I actually ran into Damon John one day and I had a, I was starting to have a good conversation with him, but I was with one of my dorky friends and he brought up, <laughs> a, like he said some stupid thing. And I'm like, Shit. and then that was it ruined my conversation. But basically I'm asking them, how in the hell do you go on this? You're buying into all of these different companies. How the hell do you manage it? And Damon is like, I think he's like the lowest one in terms of number of companies that he's actually invested in. And he, and it was interesting. He says, he's got a whole team of people. What is the process like after so you go on the show, you're in there for two hours and 37 minutes, you get a deal with Lori, but is it a done deal at that point? Or is there still more due diligence before you get a check? So there's still, there's still diligence. And even, you know, even sometimes renegotiation based off of that, that diligence for, for example, with, with us, you know, we had a certain path that we thought we were going to go for. We were going to create a separate retail entity that Lori and I would be partners in. You know what I mean? But then my wholesale, where we sell to the window manufacturers, she wasn't going to have anything to do with that. You know, as we were going through this, we had this opportunity with St. Cobain who wanted to have the retail side of it. So then it became like, okay, well, how do we restructure this so that St. Cobain's in the middle of it, Lori's? And and so then she just became an equity partner of, of mine over the whole business. Again, typically I shouldn't be saying that stuff, but that's, that's just, those things happen. Or, you know, in some cases, you know, the entrepreneurs lie, you know, or they, yeah. they stretch the truth. And, yep. and through diligence, you find out the sharks find out that, Hey, this is not as good of a company as you said it was. So they just won't, they won't finish the deal. I think it's, I think it's around 50% of the deals on the show actually close. And yeah. so, and again, there's a ton of different reasons why, but, um, but Lori actually does pretty, pretty large amount. She likes products. So, so even if the diligence proves out that maybe the company is the same, she can still find a way for that product because she wants the product. So like I said, they all kind of have their little niches. Yeah. And, I, and I've gotten to know a lot of the, the entrepreneurs that have been on the show and they all have different ways. Barbara's very hands-on. 
uh, Lori's very hands-on. Like there's, you know, I'll get phone calls from her eight o'clock on a Friday. She's out walking your dog and she has some idea. And I'm like, when did this become normal that Lori Grenier is calling me? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is so weird. That's cool. But she's um, so sharp too. I mean, she's something else. She, they she all is. are. Yep. Robert has a team, you know, typically with Robert, you don't hear, again, this is my understanding. I don't know this firsthand, but typically you don't hear from him again. Mark Cuban is, you know, he has a team for, he has teams managing his other teams. You know, right, he's, right. you know, he's, he's doing his Mavericks thing and everything else that he's investing in. So, but they have a shark tank team that helps out. They do their, they, they help the entrepreneurs be successful. That's one of the things that people don't understand. Like the sharks don't come in and run your business. Right. None of them want to do that. No. They're just, with my experience, you know, they're a great resource when I need them. You know, hey, we're doing something with Home Depot. I would like you to have your hands on this. I'd like to have your your eyes on this, whatever the case may be. I'd like you to be part of this this discussion. You know, we've had some high level discussions with window window manufacturers that you know Lori has been a part of. It's just that they're they're there to support us and and help us. But they they certainly don't want to get in the weeds and into the the muck of of day to day. Of course, you know I'm looking at the clock. Do you have Do you have a few more minutes? You have ten. Yeah, absolutely. Minutes? Yeah. So we were so we could keep going. We talked about this at the beginning. I mean, we could keep going <laughs> for two hours on this. Let's talk about kind of where where are you right now? Where's the business now? What are some exciting things that are happening? And then let's also. We'll talk about your podcast too, but tell us the business today and what do you do in the business? Who are you in the business today? <laughs> I'm the guy who tries to get out of the way every chance that I can. So we have a COO who, who manages the manufacturing plants, but you know, again, we're a growing business. So, you know, we're lean as we're, you know, dealing with the same pandemic issues as, as everyone else, as far as labor and raw materials and all those types of things, it's an all hands on deck situation you know when we're trying to to source new raw raw materials i'm involved in that just just like everybody else is you know when we're you know looking at new equipment we we have uh you know we spent about a million dollars on new equipment that's getting delivered in july to expand our capacity every one of our plants right now is we're just we're we keep bumping up against our capacity we're how many plants do you have we have uh, we have four in the u.s and one in canada so oh, yeah, wow. we've, we've grown pretty significantly and, and we're looking why at, have, uh, why do you have four different ones and not one big one? Because our, our main business is selling to the window manufacturers. So we want every window that goes out to have flex screen on it as, as standard. So we have to be geographically close to them because we're just in time for them. We're a just in time supplier. So they I place see. an order on Monday, oh, we're delivering it Tuesday or Wednesday. So we have to be within a couple hours drive of, of our, of our customers. Wow, that's so. interesting. Yeah, so we're that makes we're, it harder though, doesn't it? Because <laughs> now you're, I mean, if you were just in one place, you could just add more machines, one place, one thing. But now you have to go open a whole new plant. Is that as much work as it sounds like? It is. It's probably more work than it sounds like. But yeah. you know, it's and especially in these times. You know, in the past, it it was less. It was less problematic. You know, we, we essentially, you know, you, Hey, we, we have a good person that can run this, this operation, give them the support that they need. And, and they're off to the races, give them the equipment and the support and they can start, start producing. Now those, those key people are harder to find. They're more expensive. And then just the day-to-day workers are, are harder to find and, and, and more expensive. So how many, how many screens are you guys making a day now? Somewhere around, man, that's a good question. See here, two, three. 
six thousand roughly 6, a day yeah 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 so we're um and then we you know we're we're also opening up a facility in new york that's only going to be for retail so you know our our retail side between shark tank and then we did the shark tank update which was you know when they come back in and they do another couple minutes with us and then home depot like home depot has been crushing us and you can't they haven't done like you can't buy one in the store yet this is just they're online so we're opening how up a plant. Account, how do you account for the different, do you have set sizes for, I know this is a dumb question, but do you have set sizes for Home Depot? Like, Every, how am I going to get, how am I going to go to your, because I saw your display that you're putting together for Home Depot. I don't know where I saw it, but so, so they're going to lift yeah, one out and put it in? They're, they're going to carry stock sizes based off of the windows that they have in stock. In so, oh, I see. Yeah, okay. So if you have a 3050, X yep. brand, whatever, you know what I mean? They'll have a screen that, that fits it and it'll, you'll be able to buy it off the store. But otherwise we came up with a, uh, like a measuring tool that you can take home. So you buy it for a couple bucks in the Home Depot, you know, in the, in the aisle at Home Depot, you go home, you measure your windows and then you put the measurements in online. But right now for all of our e-commerce, whether it's flexscreen.com or at Home Depot, we actually had to train people on how to measure for their screens. So we actually have step-by-step, step, like, here's where your screen sits. Here's, you know, if you have a single hung, this and you're is how making, you measure. And you're making everything to order? Everything is custom sized. Oh yep. my God. Wow. Yeah. So now we have, we have great equipment. I mean, it's all, you know, when a homeowner sends in or, or a window manufacturer, whatever, we're not actually typing those in, you know, it's, it's coming through, you know, well, through sure, the ERP system. Still, yeah, but still, but yeah, we're not picking and pulling. Custom. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Everything's custom. So, that's cool. um, so that's, that's exciting. Again, we have uh, the, the new equipment. We have some strategic partnerships with large window manufacturers that are, that are causing us to continue to grow geography. We were looking, you know, we were down South looking at some buildings two weeks ago. So again, we're, we're just in growth mode. Uh, and yeah. so that's, and we've only started with Home Depot just because that was the first company that St. Cobain jumped on with. We're actually holding off the other guys because we don't have the capacity. Yeah. So, yeah. What kind of volume do you think you're going to do? What are you projecting this year? Again, we, we look at total sales. Um, we'll do uh, right around 20 million this nice. year. And so. then what about, what about three years from now? Where do you think you'll be three years from now? Well, we have doubled every year. So I'm not sure that I could personally like just keep sustaining the growth, but it, yeah. but it seems like, you know, we should be, we should be following that trend again, just based off of, you know, conversations and commitments that we're getting right now, we're in an interesting point where we're now limited by manufacturing capacity. Yeah. So we're, we're spending money as fast as we can. So three years from now could be completely different what based off of our equipment manufacturers being able to keep up with us. Yeah. So you know, but it, but we feel pretty confident if we can, if we have the capacity, the sales will continue doing that. I mean, it's, again, the window industry is, is really, the, the home improvement industry is really interesting. Resist, resist, resist. And then it's like, holy cow, those guys have it. I need to have it too. And so right. the snowball gets really, really big, really, really fast. How I mean, is we, your pricing compared to a traditional screen? Wholesale, it's, it's about the same. So oh. to, to a window manufacturer, they, they can't really make a screen for cheaper than they can buy one for, for me, or they can't buy one cheaper. So, so for those window dealers that are no, out there, you know, you tell your window manufacturer, you want flex screen on your windows and then, no, I'll but tell them then to the end consumer though, to the end consumer, they can get a flex screen for the same price as they were going to get the old clunky 
screen, right? Yeah, standard on their yeah. window. So, sure. but for for a home for a homeowner buying one from Home Depot, I want to say it's like sixty bucks, fifty nine, because there's shipping involved. You know, there's you know Home Depot has to make some money. You know, all, all those types of things. right, right. But you know, right now a lot of cost of shipping anything is just through the roof. So, but again, sixty dollars is you know if you go down to Ace Hardware and say, hey, I need a new screen with all this stuff on it, you're probably paying fifty or sixty dollars anyway. So, right. and this one's custom made. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I could keep, you know, I could keep going with all these little, I, I, know, things, I, I, I know we both have to go, but talk a little bit about, so you've got an interesting pro you're doing some other really cool stuff, but you've got a new podcast coming out. You want to talk a little bit about that? Cause it sounds really cool. Yeah. So, so, you know, right after I appeared on the, on the show, I started writing a blog called lessons from the tank. And this is just uh, literally, it's just a give back. It's just like me verbalizing some of the lessons that I've learned through, through this experience, you know, everything from, you know, making sure that you're prepared. And, and I try to try to bring everything back to, to Shark Tank. And, and I, I'm part of a community now of these entrepreneurs that have been on the show. So we talk to each other, we have meetups, we, we're a social group. We're also kind a of support a round group. table. You're a, a support, support group. <laughs> we really are in yeah. a lot of ways. Entrepreneurs and need support groups. We, we do. We yeah. 100% do. And, yeah. and so I was kicking around this idea. I'm like, hey, I wrote this blog. And some people are like, man, that's really great. And I'm like, I, I also do this other podcast with my wife. We do like, it's called Dare to be Different. I'm like, would anybody be interested in doing a podcast about the lessons that we've learned? And it was like, we just had, I had this overwhelming, you know, response. And, and so we started a podcast called Lessons from the Tank. And, and I think, it, you know, you can go on my website, which is joealtieri.com, or I think it's lessonfromthetankpodcast.com. And we just started it. The first, my first guest was Tiffany Crummins, who was season number one, episode number one, and winner number one. No um, way. And she has a she's an incredible story. I mean, this is 12 years ago. No yeah. one knew what Shark Tank was. It was yeah. a, it was she was on the pilot. And immediately after she got a deal, she got a deal with Barbara. She got diagnosed with cancer. And Ooh. so she just has a fantastic story about, you know, the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur and having that right mindset, as we were talking about earlier, yeah. having that that can do whatever it takes mindset that made her such a success. And she oh, now helps. Yeah. Other entrepreneurs, mainly women entrepreneurs, be successful in in their in their businesses, and and so so like I said, we're just having a lot of fun. It's it's a bunch of people. And it's a, called a, and and it's called again. It's called lessons. Lessons from the, from the tank. Yep. So okay, you can you can look it. it up. You can get it yep. everywhere. You All go the usual. Yep. We'll put it into the show notes. We'll make sure and put it into the show awesome. notes, so people know how to find it. Well, Joe. Thank you. I, I was actually, I got to tell you, so I was, I was, I was debating on whether I should tell you this or not, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. It's just you and me anyway. No one's it's just, Yeah. And you're in your millions of listeners, but that's, I, um, <laughs> I, you know, when I first saw, Oh, Joe from shark tank, the flex screen guy, I thought you would just be like a, you know, I'm, I'm the best. And I was on shark tank and I'm the man. But when I met you and and you're from your presentation, you're a really nice guy. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. You're like a really I keep waiting for the for the asshole to come through. Like <laughs> look at me and my ego and I'm great and you guys are peons and you know, because you get some of that from from people. But you're actually a really, really nice guy. And I appreciate that. I, I, I think that's really cool. You know, the fact of the matter is everybody that that has done anything 
you know, we've made tons and tons of mistakes, right? And we continue making tons and tons of. And if you're not grounded, and you and you you get that that you know my you know my poop doesn't stink type, man, is that that fall becomes really really hard. And and I truly love giving back. I, I do. I'm, I'm speaking. You know, I speak at colleges and and uh, you know chambers of commerce and rotaries and stuff like that. And just and my whole message is like, hey, if I can help you not make a mistake that I did. Right. Man, my half an hour, my 45 minutes is worth it. Yeah, so. and that's what this is all about. That's yep. what this podcast is also all about. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Everybody go check out Lessons from the Tank. And I got to do I got I got to do the pitch for the Seven Secrets book. If you have not gotten your copy of The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor yet, what are you waiting for? Go get a copy. It's free. I buy the book you pay for shipping, just go to the wealthycontractor.com. Joe, again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I will probably reach out to you again in the future just to kind of see, you know, the progress. Sounds like you got, you're going to be just killing it for years to come. And, and I'm really happy, really happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, appreciate your time and all of your listeners putting up with me for the last half hour. So thanks yeah. so much. All right, cool. So everybody, until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. And finally, a big thanks to G4 Marketing for sponsoring the Wealthy Contractor podcast. For over 12 years now, G4 Marketing has been the secret back office relationship marketing team for hundreds of home improvement and home service businesses just like yours. You get the customer, and our proven system turns that customer into five-star reviews and profitable repeat and referral business. If your home improvement or home services company completes at least 10 jobs per month, they have a solution that will work for you. To find out more, sign up for your free, no-obligation, 10-minute discovery call at www.g4marketing.com forward slash strategy. That's G. F-O-U-R marketing.com slash strategy. Set your discovery call up today and they'll help you set your business up for long-term profits and success. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian.